Thanks for joining us for another amazing message from C3 Church Calgary. Our hope is that our podcast will equip and connect you to Jesus. Now prepare your hearts to receiving something new from God today. Um, I wanted to, uh, <clears throat> we're on the last um, message on our, our theme for the month was neglected things. And um, I want to talk this morning about something that we, I think that I've neglected very, very often in my life. I just want to make a comment about our, um, our worship time. Uh, it's, not, it's not specifically singing, it's worship. And it's different. And many times our, um, we, you know, we just start singing and we read the words or something. And it's meant to engage your heart more than just your head and your tongue. <clears throat> and even, even sometimes if we sing a, that, that last little little tag there about holy, holy, holy. The term holy doesn't mean untouchable, it means uncommon. There's nobody like God, he's so other. And you and I are meant uh, as well to be holy, but it doesn't mean we're to be perfect or untouchable, it means that we're to be uniquely and fully and completely ourselves, like no other. And so, just, just when, we're, when we get into those spaces, and, some, and I, I encourage the worship team to let us hang sometimes in worship. And let us engage our hearts for a moment and set aside some of the stuff that's on our minds and just drain it off and wash it off. And just, it's a perfect time to connect with God in, um, and let that whole right brain begin to move mystically and imagination and just allow the Lord to download some fresh things into your heart. So I just wanted to mention that as an important thing today. Um, take your Bibles and turn to 1 Kings chapter 19, if you would. Such a great um, season we're entering into. Um, one of the things that, that I think that we neglect very often, and I don't know if you feel this way or not, but something as simple as uh, what I would call simply rest. And, um, and I don't know if you are ever uh, remember days, you know, a few decades ago, if you're, over, if you're over 40, you'll remember a time when stores used to be closed on Sundays. Anybody remember that? <laughs> uh, I, I had both a rotary phone and an 8-track <laughs> tape player. Um, and so I was just thinking about this quite a bit as I was, as I was uh, reading through 1 Kings this week. And... Um, and if you remember back in the 60s, if you're in your 40s or 50s, you remember in the 60s, they promised that by this time we would have so, this age, by in the year 2000 and beyond, we'd have all this extra time. That was the promise. The promise was that technology would increase and we'd have all these time-saving devices. Is any, do you feel a little bit gypped? Uh, right? And so, you know, when your phone had a cord, it actually allowed you to walk away from it. It's very hard. I watch people can't get away from their phones. And, um, and so I'm, I was just thinking to myself how often I have broken one of the commandments about keeping one day a week holy. T- keeping 24 hours as sacred and set apart. And, I, and I, often I'll come to the end of Saturday and say, where's my Sabbath? What happened? 
because tomorrow I'm on. Oh, well, I'll take a Sabbath in the afternoon. Well, that's kind, of, that's kind of cheating, like a couple hours. That's not really 24. And so, so I was thinking about what, what kind of happened here um, in the life of Elijah. Elijah has just finished this really significant um, ministry tour uh, on Mount Carmel. And then he did a little mini marathon as well. And um, it, it says, I, I'm just going to go back to before verse nine, or chapter 19, um, where he had just, you know, called in a thunderstorm there. And in verse 46, it says, now the Lord gave special strength to Elijah, tucked his coat in his belt, ran ahead of Ahab's chariot, all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. That's about 17 miles. Um, Elijah's not a young guy here. He's an old guy running a mini marathon. But if that were the only thing, that would have, wouldn't have been that bad. But he just finished, actually, confrontation with all of the priests of Baal and ended up literally killing 450 people. It's like a slaughter. It's a, it was a different era. We don't, we, don't, we don't kill prophets anymore. <laughs> really. Um, but anyway, he go, and then it says, when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel what Elijah had done. He'd slaughtered the prophets. So she sent this message to Elijah. Now, here's, what, here's what's happened. Well, let me just finish this. And may the gods also kill me if by this time tomorrow I have failed to take your, your life like those who, whom you killed. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba town in Judah, and he left a servant there. And then he went on alone into the desert, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree, prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord. He said, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. <laughs> it's just kind of cute. Um, <laughs> A little performance there. He wants to be better than his ancestors. Well, we all do. Um, here's, what, here's what happens. Uh, uh, Churchill said it best when he said, fatigue makes cowards of us all. When you're tired, everything looks bigger. You lose your perspective. And um, he says he was afraid, and he fled for his life. What, what actually happened here? Just to put it in our contemporary terms, he got a text message from a girl, I mean, Jezzy obviously has a little bit of influence. Um, he gets a text, and he says, take my life. He, has a, he prays a death wish. He said, I'm no better than my ancestors. They must, I don't know what that is all about. I find it cute. Um, he's, so he's, he's, um, he's not a young guy. He's been, he just had been given supernatural strength, but now he's emotionally completely drained. And if he were to have sat across the table from a counselor, uh, this would have been a textbook case of burnout. Uh, even great men of God are just men. We all have limits, <laughs> and we all have only so much. And I know we think at certain times in our life that we're superhuman, and then we hit our 40s and 50s and we realize there's an expiration date. <laughs> he's, he's burnt out. And, he's, and what happens, what I, I, I find happens when we're in a place of exhaustion or we're overwhelmed, little things look massive. This little text message just threw him off. He, he now is reduced to a little pile of self-pity, feeling sorry for himself. And the Lord comes two times 
with an angelic visitation and restores him. I, I just personally feel like this is a little bit like a picture of what should take place on our Sabbaths. Sabbath means to just stop working, is what it means. If you're here this morning and you're still working, the invitation would be to stop. <laughs> Even if it's just in your head. You get going, we get going so fast and we can't seem to get away and Pastor Phil says it's far easier to engage than it is to disengage. Disengaging is quite a discipline, like shutting off. It's a big deal. And so the Lord knew that we were limited, and he said, every seven, take one off. I don't need to tell you this. You all know this. I'm just reminding you of it. it, For me, when I read through the Old Testament, because the Old Testament is still valid, right? The Old Covenant's not, because we're under a new covenant, but the Old Testament, we need in our life. And, and he takes, think of who he's dealing with when he, when he gives the commandments. They're not suggestions. He, he, had, he had taken this, these slaves out of Egypt, and now he's giving them a few rules to live by. He has, there are uh, somewhere over 600 rules to live, and then, and then he narrows them down to top 10. David Letterman wasn't the first to come up with top 10. He narrows them down to top 10. Um, I'm, I'm very interested in, in what happens when we look at this, these top 10 because, because they're actually quite unique. The first three relate to your relationship with God and then there's this like a fulcrum, a pivoting point and the next six relate to how you deal with mankind. And uh, I, I meet, I've met people before that says, you know, we don't, we don't go to church, we just live by the Ten Commandments. And I said, well, could you re- repeat them to me, please? And well, of course they can't. But, but for us, we're not much different. We say, oh, we're people who believe in the Bible, but we don't really know exactly what it says. We just, and we actually don't, we pick and choose anyway, don't we? We, we kind of do. Like we're told not to have, you know, blend our, the cloth. You shouldn't have, like, anybody have polyester blend? Any spandex in your socks? See, a bunch of heathens, you're breaking, <laughs> breaking the law. <laughs> Don't eat rare steak, all that stuff. We go, ah, well, that doesn't apply for today. That was for then. It's not now. We pick and choose the stuff that we like. And we don't really, we only believe the parts of the Bible that we're practicing on a regular basis. We don't believe it all, not really. It's pretty radical stuff. Um, we find this stuff, you know, when it says, when it really says, like, don't tattoo your body, we go, yeah, yeah, but that doesn't, that was for then. That's not now. It's for Kelly now. Sam was so proud of his tattoo, he did this whole thing here, and he said, what do you think, Pastor Kelly? She says, I just think they're ungodly and unbiblical. And... <laughs> so good, it was a good time to be a little bit gray. I know, I know, I know you like tattoos. I know, I know, I know, but you're not going to get one. I know, I know you. But you know, what's the, I mean, I mean but, but to understand that when we read through the scriptures, that actually, we read through it and we actually don't say, okay, this is what it says, we're going to do it. Nobody does that. I know you think you do. You really do. We've, we've talked ourselves into thinking, oh, we're, we're going to, that Bible says it, that does it, you know, I'm, yeah. Try it. Just try it. It's like, it's like... But, but, but guilt never produces any sort of a life that's worthwhile. So forget about guilt, forget about obligation. But what about just the top 10? So he's invited, he's asked, so these guys, they're, they've just came out of slavery. You've got a slavery mindset. 
please the master, or else, you know, it's not going to go well with you. So they understand don't murder, right? It's in, this is in Exodus 20. You all know where the Ten Commandments are, right? Yeah, Exodus 20. I had to look it up. I didn't know where it was. Um, so they're all come out of slavery, and they have slavery mindsets. They're not, they're not free yet. They're physically free, but they're not free yet in their thinking, right? Took them, took, them, took them about 40 hours to get out of Egypt. Took them over 40 years to get Egypt out of their thinking. This is our, this is our process of, of getting cleaned up. So they understand I shouldn't kill. They get that. That, that kind of makes sense. We understand that. But what about don't covet if you're a slave? How hard would that be? That's gonna, or don't envy. Like that's going to take a little bit of work. Because they've, they've looked at their masters. I told my, my, I, my uh, grandson yesterday that uh, I, I said, you know the story about Moses and Pharaoh? I said, I, I knew Pharaoh. He said, yeah, you're pretty old, but you know. <laughs> I see how much I can get away with. Um, fear. So, he, so what, what has happened with Elijah, I'm just going to make a comment about this. Elijah has put himself in a cave of his own making. He's worn himself out. Isn't it awesome to work hard for Jesus? Yeah, but you're limited. You're probably not serving your family well if you're all burnt out. Um, so he's reminding the slaves, and then, he, and then he says this a little bit further on in Exodus. So Exodus chapter 31, he says to keep the Sabbath, remember. This. It's the only commandment that it says remember. And it's the longest commandment. Like don't murder, we get... No adultery, yep. three or four words. But this one, like it's long. And, and then we're told later, a, a few times later, it says, remember. It's the only commandment that says remember. Do you know why it says remember? Because we tend to forget, that's right. Remember. And it says, to, what does it say? Just to remember the Sabbath? No, remember to keep it holy. Because it's already holy. What a What a... I don't know if anybody's had a Sabbath yet this week or not, but uh, it's a holy day. It's different than the Lord's day. Because that all changed in the book of Acts, right? Because the Sabbath was from sundown on Friday till sundown on Saturday. Did anybody do that? Because the Bible says I should do it. And actually in Exodus 31, it says if you don't do it, it says if you don't do it, you're gonna, that, that you keep it or you'll be killed. Really, Exodus 31, verse, verse uh, 14. So it's a fairly important one, that's what I'm trying to say. It's fairly important. But you know, you could, you could if you're like me, you say, oh yeah, that was then, this is now, we're under you know, new covenant, and we're all under grace, and we're all, uh-huh. How is that going for you, not taking a day of rest, practically? How is it really, really going for you? What if, what if this was not meant to restrict us, but meant to liberate us? What if it was actually a commandment to help us enter into freedom and not restrict us. Um, yeah, um, we had, when I grew up, there was one day when nothing was open. That made it easier for me, us to, to rest. Um, I remember many times where um, we would, uh, it would be sunny and it was harvest time and we wouldn't, we wouldn't go in combine. I remember dad like pacing around the house a bit. He wasn't that. But I remember other times where we just had meals with families. And it was easy because we couldn't go get groceries because the stores weren't open. Right. Eugene Peterson says that, that to Sabbath is not an act of faith. It's an act of courage. 
I think that's profound. What, what, what would your life be like if you took 24 hours, and some of you think, oh gosh, with the kids' sports schedules, we'll never be able to do that. I'm not here to put any restriction on your lifestyle. I'm here to invite you to a lifestyle that may be more sustainable than your current one. That's all. That you take one day, you remember to take 24 hours and, and to keep it holy, because it's already holy. To keep it. Don't make it holy. But, but in the, the definition of holiness, to take 24 hours and stop is fairly uncommon. I, I know there's some people who used to make their meals the, the week before, so the, the day before, so that Sunday they wouldn't have to work. It actually, it's so inclusive, it even refers to our animals when, it, when it's talking about Sabbathing. Animals, minimum wage earners, non is, is indiscriminate, doesn't, you know, male, female, boys, girls, everybody's supposed to take 24 hours to disengage. I, I mean, the idea to me is fascinating. We had a retail business in, in uh, northern Saskatchewan, and I remember the argument before the Board of Commerce, the argument saying we need to open up seven days a week, or else the big box uh, stores in Prince Albert and Saskatoon are going to take all our retail business. And I remember I had to make a decision. Am I going to keep a day and set it aside? Because, but I watched as, as my parents grew up. I mean, you'd feed the cattle. Um, you know, if, if hay was out, you'd leave it. You'd tr Here's what we'd have to do. We'd have to trust the Lord to look after us. What a novel thought. We'd have to trust the Lord that the world was going to keep on turning if we took our hands off it. It's a wild idea because it's largely dependent on us. We think. We're a little bit like Elijah maybe in the, these ways. Maybe. I remember thinking, like, well, right, okay, so I'm losing business. Yeah, the, the other thing, but now I'm actually going to lose family time if I work. Okay, we'd hire more. Okay, now your uh, op costs go up. <laughs> what, what do we do? And it was a bit of a conflict for us, I, I remember. Well, it's not a big deal anymore because I think that, did you know that Wall Street shuts down on the weekend? The big money maker? Not bad. Yeah, but, but grocery stores don't. As if we couldn't, like, think a day ahead. You're right? So, what, what, what am I getting at? Well, not much. I'm reminding us to keep the fourth commandment <laughs> holy, just to keep it holy, to keep it sacred. Um, to Sabbath is to cease from work. It's remarkable. Uh, in in the, uh, the first chapter of Genesis, sorry, just the second chapter, actually. I think we have this one overhead. It says, uh, so, so the creation, chapter 2, verse 1, creation of the heavens and the earth and everything on them was completed. On the seventh day, having finished his task, God rested from all his work, and he blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, uncommon, because it was the day when he rested from his work of creation. Consider this, being able to say no is godlike. He, he, he now has spent all of his time creating something from nothing, and now he takes one day and creates nothing out of something. He, he, so so when, when you think about time, I've, I've read about this in, um, in um, um, Popular Mechanics, because uh, just for, for the kids that are present, we haven't always had watches. We haven't always had electricity. Like we'd have to go, right, when the fire went down, you went to bed, and there's like, 
There's different things that kind of helped us with this. Now we can stay up all night, and of course your phones tell you stuff, and your whatever. Uh, some of the first clocks, some of the first clocks, they were they were made with water. In China, I think that's fascinating. And then and um, and then of course went on to different types of right right now. Like our clocks are not that accurate, not that accurate. They but they used to be far worse. Um, one of the, uh, the since 1946, we've had atomic clocks, which are good for, they, they can calibrate up to one second uh, over uh, thir- uh, uh, thir- three million years. So you'll lose a second over three million years. Not bad. But currently, we're actually under, there's a new type of uh, timekeeping mechanism. It's optical. And it can keep, it can, it's accurate up to one second over 140 million years. Awesome, hey? Useless information, completely useless information. <laughs> It really, it's, it really is. But did you know that like the seven-day week that we currently have is not universal, and nor is it astronomical? It's not accurate. And so, so if I were to ask you, so when, because last year Christmas is on Sunday, when is Christmas this year? Some of you will have, it's Monday. Well, what, what happened there? And of course, there's the leap year deal, and it's not, and, and so the different calendars have went by, they've not always had seven day weeks. Did you know that there's weeks that were five days, eight days, 10 days, and there was even 12 day weeks? So you wonder when you think, you, you see that Adam and Eve, God said do this, there's no record in Genesis where Adam and Eve actually kept the Sabbath. You don't see that. And so then they worked and then they rested. Didn't say that, we don't know. We actually don't know if Joseph rested as the, as the the CEO of Egypt. We don't, don't, don't record that. But Moses gets all hopped up about it later on and goes, hey everybody, Sabbath or die. <laughs> Honestly, it sounds, it sounds a little bit, a little bit narrow-minded to me. Um, so, so anyway, all the, all the different, there's different types of uh, timekeeping. Up until, um, did you know up until 46 uh, BC, the Romans had a 445-day year. It's not 336. The Jewish people, they actually follow a lunar calendar that's 360 days. So I just, just so I'm saying, like, we always think, oh, well, there's always been seven days a week. Not true. It hasn't always been. And so it's just, just I, I just find this kind of interesting to, to remove a little bit of guilt. Maybe you want to do every eighth day or, you know, I don't know. But here's the, here's the point. I'm inviting you to a lifestyle that's more sustainable because I think God's onto something here. I think something's up. That's what I think. Um, I love the, um, what happens in uh, the book of Mark. So, so every year I try to read this book. It's called 24-6 by uh, a surgeon from Kentucky. And, uh, and he's, it's a great book on reminding us how they've lived his life. He married a Jewish woman, and they've decided what we're going to do is we're going to set a lifestyle of Sabbathing. Every six days, we're going to rest for one. And going through school, how the kids did it and what happened in their life, and it's really fascinating. Just think if we like, lived like the Bible says. What if it works? Like, it's, a, it's, it's such a novel idea. The, the, um, what about Jesus on the Sabbath? How did, how did Jesus handle the Sabbath? You know, lots of Jesus' miracles were on the Sabbath, just to mess up the religiousness of the day. You, I like how Mark, uh, the book of Mark, the book of Mark is, is um, written for Romans. Rome, the Roman people were into fast food and cheering on gladiators. So it goes fast. He starts off, it doesn't start, no time for the wise men, no time for Mary, Joseph, none of that. He just hops right into it. Jesus gets baptized, and now he's doing miracles, like boom, just going right now, and going into synagogues, right, on the Sabbath, and he's like stirring it up, 
Uh, he doesn't start, he, he gets himself, gathers a posse, and he, start, he goes into Capernaum. This is by chapter two. And by the end of chapter two, he's like, now he's messing with the Sabbath. And he's going through the grain fields and he's getting some grain. And, uh, and he, he's confronted with the religiousness of the day. And, he, and, and they go like, uh, hey, they shouldn't be doing that. It's against the law to work by harvesting grain on the Sabbath. But Jesus replied, haven't you ever read the scriptures? I love how he just comes out a little bit like Pastor Kelly. <laughs> haven't you read the book? He says, haven't you read the scriptures? Well, of course, they've studied them. And the religious leaders would have had to have memorized the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. So it's not that they didn't know it, but Jesus said, ah, you don't know it. He said, haven't you read the book? What King David did when he and his companions were hungry, he went into the house of God during the days when Abiathar was high priest, ate the special bread reserved for the priests alone, and then gave some to his companions. Uh, that was breaking the law too. He's such a, he just stirs it up, doesn't he? And, and then he said, the Sabbath was made to benefit people. He didn't, he didn't make the Sabbath or create the Sabbath or invite you to take 24 hours off to restrict you or to bind you or to hinder you, but to liberate you from the tyranny of work. So he goes, this was for your benefit and not, and not people to benefit the Sabbath. And then he says this, I, the son of man, am the master even of the Sabbath. Holy cow, what a title. I would love that on a t-shirt, master of the Sabbath. He's, um, he's a master, master of the Sabbath. Um, by the end of chapter two, he's really messing them up. And he says, he essentially says this, when is it ever wrong to feed somebody that's hungry? When is it ever wrong? You guys are all bound up. You need a spiritual enema because you are just plugged up with religion. You've had, and, and, right? And he says, loosen up a little bit. He, he, he's just, he's done this, and then, he, and then he heals on the Sabbath. He said, then chapter three, it starts again, and he says, you know, and they're waiting, the critics, he says, he turned to his critics because they wondered, would he heal a man's hand on the Sabbath? On the Sabbath? When is it ever wrong to heal? <laughs> See? But people got into this crazy little routine of, you know, when we were lived in, uh, or visited uh, Israel, they had uh, Shabbat or Sabbath elevators where you wouldn't have to touch a button, but you'd have to stand and stop at every floor. Just a nuisance, eh? Like it's gone a bit too far, right? I mean, there's, <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, Jesus, the Sabbath was made for the benefit of people, not people for the Sabbath. And I, the Son of Man, am, am master even of the Sabbath. Right belief is more critical than right action every time. The Sabbath was given for our good. What was the Sabbath? So if you read these, the first chapter, the first two chapters, what is the Sabbath for Peter's mom? Healing. What was the Sabbath for the tax collector, this head of internal revenue? Salvation. What is the Sabbath for somebody that's hungry? Food. What is Sabbath for somebody who is full of pain? Pain free. Jesus, in his mission statements, begin by, by saying, uh, that wraps up his, the six mission statements, and he says, and, and I'm here to declare that the time of the Lord's favor has come, or the acceptable year of the Lord, which is defined as much more than a Sabbath, but it's a whole year of Sabbaths. And then he said, we're to go on even further, and you're to give the land a rest. 
You had to rest the dirt. Do you, do you remember what you're made out of? It's to, we used to do what's called summer following. Has anybody ever heard of that? Where you actually don't put any seed in, you let the land rest. It was a wild thing. He, and every 49 years, there was to be seven, the seven times, times the seven, and this was to be a year of jubilee. All debts paid, all prisoners set free. Think of it. All land that was sold goes back to its original owner. Let's think of it. Right? And here's what Jesus is saying. I am now the embodiment of the Sabbath. I am Sabbath. I'm here to remind you that whatever you need to liberate, be liberated and free, I am it. This is a wild thing. I was reading about the, um, uh, you deserve a break today, so get up and get away, to Sabbath. Uh, does anybody know what BMI is? Not BMW, BMI. Body Mass Index. I know very little about this. But I had read that the average American, so, so a body mass index of over 30 is technically obese. And don't be pinching yourself, I don't even know how it works. Um, but in America, the average BMI, sorry, of, of people who are over 30% is, is 35%. So 35 Americans, uh, Americans are over 35% body mass weight. Uh, they take, on an average, 80 minutes a day to eat. This is all left brain. 80 minutes a day to eat. In France, they take an average of two hours a day to eat. And their body mass index of over 30 is less than 10%. So what are they doing while they're having a meal? What's taking them so long? They're not eating, they're not nibbling. I mean, they're, they're drinking. What are they doing? They're actually restoring their soul by socializing. It's not just feeding their body, but they're feeding their soul because they have, and they eat with, and they, and they don't rush through a meal. My, my challenge for us this summer is to invite people into your home or you go to some people's backyards and you hang out and you eat and you drink and you rest and you enjoy the company of some good people. Make it, make it, I have thought, how, are we, how would we do this, you know, within our family? And we used to, you know, have a, spe- a day a week where we'd all gather and we'd all sit around the table and then we planted East Village and now we're, Sunday's all messed up <laughs> for us. We're trying to do that Saturday. But just think as a family, if you, de- you decided we're going to take 24 hours in our week and we are going to intentionally get ourselves, we're going to slow ourselves down and we're going to decompress. I mean, just... Literally stop and smell the roses and, you know, watch the birds and just, like, what if, what if the Lord is onto something here? Just shut your phone off, take some time with some people you love, or even maybe you don't, (laughs) but just take some time with some people, other people, and, uh, and just learn to rest. Jesus said this, if, if you are weary and heavy laden, he said, come to me. And, and and he says this, he says, learn of me and you'll find rest. Rest has to be found. And it's found in understanding who Jesus is. He says, if you learn from me, you'll find rest. What if you took that 24 hours and just got to know Jesus better? Every week. Yeah, I know you got demands. I know you got work. I know you got, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually think the Lord anticipated all of our busyness and our energy. I think he anticipated that. What if he's onto something here and that you and I could remember 
the Sabbath and keep it holy? Because it's already holy. But we just keep it. What if, what if you did like, you know, a week? I, I, I expect that your kids would find this a fairly radical thing. Let's just be together for 20, let's, maybe not 24 hours, but let's just gather together and not like, that might be too long for, like you can work your way up. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I hear, all I'm saying is that I, I, I just want to remind you of something that's already holy and sacred, about taking some time this summer and, and, and just dialing back a little bit and getting a book, a good book, I might suggest the Bible, but there are others, and just getting to know Jesus better. And, and, and I'm told that when I learn about Jesus, I'll find rest for my soul. Is anybody interested in finding some rest? From the, all of the activity, all of the clamor, and all the, I know there's lots, there's always going to be stuff to do. I think it takes great courage and great faith and great discipline to stop. But I'm told in Genesis that that's a godlike feature to restrain and say, enough. We're just going to stop. It's a radical thought, but I think it's worth us pursuing. Why don't, why don't we just uh, invite the band up here, and I'm going to, I'm going to, um, at our next service, we're praying for um, people who are in, um, who are graduating, but my uh, sense is there could be somebody here that's graduating today, or you're about to enter into another, you're graduated from school or college or something, and you're about to enter another season of life. Is there anybody here other than Liam? Yeah, I knew, I knew you. Anybody else? Good. Anybody else about to graduate? Well, I wanna, I'd like to thank you. Good. See, there's three or four. Um, is, the other thing would be, um, if there's anybody who feels like you've come to right to completely to an end of a season, and you're about to start a new season, and you would like some perspective for your next step. Is there anybody that's feeling that way? Yes? 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 There's a few? Yeah? Seasons are unique things, but you need to learn about the seasons. There's always going to be seasons. That guy right there? Sure. A whole bunch of them up there. Yeah. Anybody else? The reason we put up our hand, thank you. Thank you. The reason we do that, Yeah. You shouldn't grab somebody else's hand and put it up, though. You shouldn't do that. Uh, no, the reason we do that is because, because faith requires an action of some kind. Sometimes that's, that's a walk to the front. Other times it's just putting up your hand. You're, you're saying, okay, what's going on in me? I'm going to acknowledge that. And you're asking for some help. So I'm going to pray for those that put their hands up uh, in just, just, just a second. Um, if you're here this morning and you, you don't know Jesus, you've read all about him, but you don't know him. You've, you know about the historical Jesus. You may have even read about him, like in the Bibles. You might have been taken at that school, but you don't know him, and you want to get to know him. I want to pray for you this morning as well. So what I'm going to do is I'm, the, the first group of people, those who are graduating actually from a school, I want you just to stand. You're graduating from a school. Is there... <laughs> Oh, bless them. Yeah, you're graduating from a school. Beautiful, beautiful. Father, I thank you for people who finished their course. They run the race. And now there awaits for them some new battles. And I pray today that they be equipped for the next season of battles. That you would arm them, Lord, with what's required to take this next season boldly and bravely. I ask that you would bless their steps. You said the steps of good men and women are ordered by the Lord. So I bless their steps as they move forward into their new season in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you feel like you're entering, you're about to enter a new season, you've finished the season, you're about to enter a new one, I want you to stand up so I can pray for you where you are. Come on, step, step, step. Yeah. 
Beautiful Father, I thank you for the courage to move from season to season. Thank you that you said if we're planted by rivers of water, that we bring forth fruit in every season. I thank you for fruitful seasons ahead for these soldiers as they move forward, Lord, into new life and that the challenges that they face, Lord, you will have anticipated everyone and you'll walk with them boldly, Lord, into these new seasons of life with great grace and great courage and great confidence. God, I bless them today to know that you have gone before them, that as their shepherd, you will lead them and you will not let them down. I bless them with the ability to hear your voice, know your heart, know your mind, and this next season will be extremely profitable, extremely growthy, and it'll be extremely fruitful in the powerful name of Jesus, amen and amen. Let's all just stand together. Father, I thank you today that you've taught us from your word some things, not just suggestions, but you want a great life for us. You came that we could have a great life, a full life, Lord. I thank you that you are the master of life and you're the master of the Sabbath. I ask today that we'd make lifestyle choices, Lord, that would cause us to disengage and connect with you on 24 hours a day, one day a week. Lord, I just declare this body is a body that hears the word of the Lord and obeys the word of the Lord. I bless each one, Lord, to rest this summer and find new strength in you in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you. Your release go and change your world. If you want prayer, we've got a prayer team here. We'd love to pray for you. We'll see you next Sunday at 10 a.m. We'll come at 9.30, but we'll see you at 10.